section twenty six of the three commanders this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the three commanders by william henry giles kingston chapter nineteen at early dawn the two boats as had previously been arranged shoved off from the side of the tornado on the proposed expedition up the river for the purpose of destroying any government stores or munitions of war which could be discovered it is lucky we didn't attempt to come in till we had silenced the guns observed higson pointing to the strong walls which frowned above them from which the guns had been removed the country on one side was level on the other hills some of considerable elevation rose from the bank of the river which twisted and turned forming several short reaches and prevented those going up from seeing to any considerable distance ahead we must be prepared for anything that may happen shouted higson to green for what we know we may meet another steamer coming down to look after her friends or who may fall in with a troop of cossacks or other soldiers who may give us a somewhat warm reception if they suspect what we are about i suppose we shall board the steamer if she appears said green depend on that and take her too answered higson at which the men laughed as if they thought there was no doubt about the matter the boats pulled on passing some pretty-looking country houses surrounded by gardens and backed by orchards or vineyards planted on the hillside a good style of country this to live in observed higson to archie always have my eye on pleasant spots and amuse myself with the idea that i shall some day come and settle down there when i have had enough of a sea life after knocking about for the best part of his days a fellow longs to find himself quietly settled on shore but surely mr higson you wish to become post-captain or an admiral observed archie that is more than i ever shall be youngster unless i'm a yellow admiral indeed i shall consider myself fortunate if i get made a commander and after serving a year or two am allowed to retire from the service said higson now that is a place to which i should have no objection he continued as having opened a fresh reach he pointed to a house of greater pretensions than those they had before seen after we have performed the work we have been sent on when we come down we'll look in there and request the inhabitants to provide us some dinner for i'm very sharp set as i dare say you are of course hickson shouted to green telling him what he intended to do and of course the master and tom very willingly agreed to his proposal we have however first our work to do observed higson to burn a few granaries and stacks of wheat and as many vessels as we can fall in with that won't take us long however if we meet with no opposition and if we do we must fight and get the matter over as soon as possible we must finish it as shakespeare says we should a beef steak i don't think it's shakespeare says that observed archie however there's no doubt that unless we can do it quickly we may miss doing it altogether as those cossack fellows who 
are in the neighborhood will be coming down and trying to cut us off well as they can't charge into the river they'll have a hard job to do that said higson and when we land we must take care not to get far from the boats it is to be hoped that commander adair will keep the garrison shut up in their fort and so the people up the country not knowing what has happened will be unprepared for us as they pulled along the officers in their two boats kept a bright lookout on either bank and not having seen any horsemen were in hopes that they might come suddenly upon the place they wished to reach if no peasantry saw them or if they saw them as they had no flag flying the peasantry might easily mistake them for russians as they would scarcely suppose that two english boats would have ventured up so far from the protection of their ships the river rather narrowed as they proceeded and they observed that the banks were fringed with white belts of rushes so that should they have to run the gauntlet between foes on either bank by keeping in the centre they should be a good distance from both of them this was satisfactory for the bravest of men do not find it pleasant to be shot at without the chance of getting at their enemies still higson hoped that they should be able to accomplish their object and make their escape again without loss at length having rounded a point over which the masts of several vessels were visible they saw before them several long high buildings with a line of stacks in front of them and a collection of apparently private houses and cottages beyond while in front were between twenty and thirty vessels moored to the shore and lying so closely together that by setting fire to two or three the rest must inevitably be burnt without stopping the two boats pulled on keeping close together so that hickson could give his directions to green he ordered him to pull up alongside the farthermost vessels and to board and set them on fire as quickly as possible which beneficent work being accomplished he was to come back and join him on the shore in front of the storehouses and stacks it could scarcely be supposed that so much property would be left without protection still no soldiers had been seen and higson hoped that they might accomplish their object before any could come down to oppose them the truth is i suspect he observed to archie the russians have depended on their fort at the mouth of the river and it did not occur to them that an enemy could force his way past it the steamers may have been lying much nearer the entrance than this and had not time to communicate with the village before they came down to attack us the chances are that the people on the banks who saw them go down fancy that they sent us long ago to the bottom and have no idea that we have taken their fort they must have heard however the sound of the vessel blowing up observed archie if they did they may have thought it was one of ours answered higson who had made up his mind that all was to go smoothly the boat soon got up to the place when green pulled away to perform his part of the undertaking while higson steered for the shore as he did so a rattling fire of musketry was opened on him from behind a small fort or earthwork which he had hitherto not perceived probably the russians had only just then discovered that the approaching boats belonged to their enemies not a man however was hit though several bullets struck the boat and the next instant she was alongside the wharf higson springing on shore followed by archie and most of the crew two only remaining to take care of the boat 
made a dash at the earthwork from which the defenders if so they could be called rushed out as their assailants leaped in don't follow them lads cried higson small arm men just pepper them and prevent them coming back and now we'll fire the storehouses the men had been provided with matches and torches and more quickly than it can be described they threw their burning brands into the open windows of the storehouses which the instant after were in a blaze from one end to the other they then with equal rapidity lighting the huge stacks close to the water's edge they also were soon blazing away with a fury which would have defied all the attempts of the russians had any appeared to save them as the wind blew on the shore the dense volumes of smoke which were driven in the faces of those on the other side completely concealed the perpetrators of the deed from their sight green and tom had in the meantime not been idle a slight opposition only was made by the crew of the first vessel they boarded finding it useless to defend her they made their escape across the intervening craft to the shore the english then set fire in succession to all those on the outside the flames from which quickly caught the masts and rigging of the rest and before the master's boat rejoined higson's every vessel was blazing away with a fury which secured the destruction of the whole higson believing that the work was done ordered green to follow him down the river he however had only just got clear of the line of burning stacks when he perceived that another storehouse standing a little farther back than the others had not as yet been set on fire we must not leave the work unfinished he exclaimed come archie you and i and tim nolan will soon do the job and springing on the shore with a torch which he had just lighted followed by archie and tim each with a musket as well as a torch he made his way towards the storehouse as the party ran on they caught sight of several people in the distance and archie thought he saw some horsemen with long lances but they believed that they could reach the building and get back to the boat long before the latter could be down upon them as they arrived at the storehouse they found that the door was closed and that the windows were too high to enable them to throw in their torches a piece of timber lay near at hand we must make a battering ram of this cried higson here gordon you and tim lay hold of it on one side and i'll take the other and we'll soon knock in the door the first blow failed in its intended effect now lads heave with a will cried higson and the door gave way picking up their torches as well as their muskets which they had put down to handle the battering ram they sprang in and higson running to the farther end ignited some woodwork in a pile of sacks while tim leaping up a ladder left his torch burning on the upper floor in a few seconds higson came back and throwing archie's torch as far as he could into the building they all rushed out again as they were making their way as fast as their legs could carry them to the boat archie turning his head over his right shoulder saw the horsemen he had before observed galloping at full speed towards them here come the cossacks mr higson he shouted out run mr higson run while tim and i keep them at bay higson having grown somewhat stout was not as active as formerly and archie knew that he and tim could soon overtake him higson aware of this did as he was advised while he shouted out to the rest of the people in the boat to cover the two who remained behind oh mr green archie and the man with him will be cut off if we don't pull in and help them 
cried tom who just as the boat got clear of the smoke caught sight of the cossacks green on this pulled to the shore and part of the two boats crews landing just as the cossacks got within twenty yards of archie and tim they opened fire which emptied two of their saddles and made the rest of the troop wheel quickly round while archie and tim having also fired their muskets took to their heels and soon joined their shipmates give way my lads cried higson as he once more took his seat we've done the work effectually and there's no use stopping to get fired at as we pull down the river the dense volume of smoke which rose up from the bank of the river completely concealed the cossacks and of course prevented them from seeing the boats which they possibly might have supposed were still lying off the place ready to commit other mischief higson had received orders however on no account to injure private property and he could only hope that the flames had not reached the buildings he had seen beyond the storehouses just as they got a little way beyond the point there came the thundering sound of an explosion that must be a magazine blown up observed tom perhaps one of the vessels has powder on board said green i think i caught sight of some spars through the smoke but they may have been fragments of timber just then there came another explosion as loud as the first and scarcely had its echoes died away among the hills on the left when a third occurred no doubt about it now said green some of the vessels we set on fire must have been laden with powder i hope no unfortunate people were on board them a pretty considerable amount of mischief we have done this morning said tom but i suppose it was our duty so we mustn't think too much about it of course it was answered green if people will go to war they must take the consequences but perhaps the people didn't want to go to war said tom it was all their emperor's doing then they ought not to live under such an emperor said green how can they help themselves asked tom i dare say if they had been asked they would have preferred remaining at peace i confess that i don't feel any animosity against them i would much rather be fighting the french but they by a sort of hocus-pocus are our allies remarked green in reality we are not making war on the russian people we are expressly ordered not to injure any of their property our business is only to destroy government stores well that's some comfort said tom though it may not always be easy to distinguish one from the other this conversation took place as the boats were pulling away as hard as the men could lay their backs to the oars down the river as yet they had seen no cossacks or foot-soldiers on either bank possibly they might have remained to try to put out the fire or the nature of the ground on the left bank on which the stores were situated prevented them from making rapid progress over it as the boats had come up green had observed an extensive marsh with a wide stream which unless there was a bridge over it would have alone proved an effectual barrier to the progress of cavalry to the right on which the houses had been seen were high and picturesque hills some rising almost directly out of the water with fertile valleys groves orchards and vineyards had any number of armed men been in the neighbourhood they might greatly have annoyed the boats as they went down the tide however was with them and they made rapid progress they could still see a cloud of smoke collected over the stores and vessels they had set on fire which convinced them that any attempt which might have been 
made by the soldiers to extinguish the flames must have proved unsuccessful they were pulling along as has been said at a rapid rate when in order to take the shortest course they kept close round a wooded point on the right bank the current which was very strong helping them along scarcely had they rounded the point when both boats struck with great force on a rocky ledge the existence of which had not been perceived we have made a pretty big hole in our boat sir observed archy why the water's running in like a mill-stream back all cried hickson now pull round the fort oars the men gave way with all their might hickson steered the boat to the shore the water was almost up to their thwarts before they reached it they all leaped out on the bank or she would have sunk with them green's boat had also received considerable damage and he not without difficulty followed them we are in a pretty plight exclaimed tom what are we to do now repair the damages as fast as we can and continue our course said higson to do this however it was necessary to haul the boats up as they were full of water this was a very difficult matter they had to tow them along for some distance to a convenient spot where the bank shelving gently down enabled them by degrees to get them up and bail the water out should the enemy find them while thus employed they would all be taken prisoners hickson felt considerable anxiety on this score his only consolation being that they might be exchanged for the commandant and garrison of the fort by all working together they first hauled one boat up and then the other though the men got pretty wet in the operation hickson and green and the midshipmen kept tolerably dry i say archy are you not very hungry said tom yes answered archy mr hickson said he would go up to one of the houses on our way down and try and get some food i vote we ask him he has probably forgotten all about it i'll remind him said tom i know what will make him as eager as we are for something to eat mr hickson he said going up to him don't you think sir it would be pleasant if we had a dish of irish stew with a few bottles of porter to discuss while the boats are being put to rights what made you think of that youngster asked higson licking his lips however at the bare thoughts of his favourite dish you told gordon sir when you came up that you thought of putting in to try and get something to eat answered tom he and i are almost starved and i should think you and mr green and the men must be pretty sharp set also now would be a good opportunity and gordon says that the cottage we saw a quarter of a mile or so off is the one which you thought so pretty and where you said you would like to spend the remainder of your days what business has he to be telling you what i said exclaimed hickson i don't approve of you youngsters chattering about me of course not sir said tom but it was the thought of the irish stew or some other nice dish which the good people of the house might be inclined to set before us made us propose asking you to let us go up and try what we could get well i have no objection to make an excursion to the house said higson provided we can ascertain that the coast is clear and i will take one of you with me as you can talk french i shall take you and leave gordon to assist the master thank you sir said tom i'm pretty sure that there are no russians in the neighbourhood or they would have been down on us some time ago before starting however higson accompanied by tom took the precaution of climbing to the top of a hill 
from whence they could look up and across the river and over a considerable part of the right bank not a human being was visible moving anywhere nor was a boat of any description to be seen floating on the surface of the stream had it not been for the houses and the cultivated ground they might have supposed that they were in some wild country the fact being probably that the male part of the population had been drawn off either to garrison the forts or to serve in the army while the women were attending to their household duties within doors hickson directing green to launch the boats as soon as they were repaired and to fire a musket should any enemy appear and promising to bring the party some food if he could obtain it set off with tom in the direction of the country house he had thought so attractive the first part of their way was over wild ground without any beaten track but as it was tolerably open they were able to get along without difficulty at length they came upon a path which led apparently from the house to a landing-place near which a small gaily painted boat was hauled up and a boat-house which they concluded contained a larger craft now this looks as if the people in the house yonder are well-to-do observed higson and are likely to have a good store of provisions that is of the chief consequence to us just now said tom shall we go up to the front entrance and tell them our errand or find out the back door and get a servant to go in and say what we want go in at once and explain what we require answered higson while speaking they were making their way along the path they had discovered in a short time they reached a small gate and seeing the roof of the house over the shrubbery they concluded that by going through the gate they could make a shorter cut through it as time was of consequence they accordingly proceeded on by the pathway which led through the shrubbery when just as they were about to emerge from it they heard the sound of a female voice singing in an accomplished and very sweet manner higson put his hand on tom's arm and signed to him to stop those who have for many months been accustomed to the roar of guns the howling of the tempest and the gruff voice of the boatswain may conceive what effect such dulcet notes were likely to produce on the lieutenant and midshipmen they stopped for some time listening with delight i would not for the world run the risk of frightening her whoever she is said higson when at length the lady ceased singing if we go on we shall come directly in front of the room in which she is sitting the window is open or we should not hear the sound so plainly we must try and find some other way of approaching the house if you will let me sir i'll creep forward and try to get a look through the trees without being seen said tom who was highly delighted with the adventure which promised as he hoped to be of a romantic character he was more of an age to enjoy the sort of thing than his lieutenant higson however preferred looking for himself as he was in reality quite as much interested as tom they could just see that the path opened out on a gravel walk which ran along the well-kept smooth lawn with flower-beds dotted about on it just at this juncture they heard a childish laugh and caught sight of a little boy with a hat in his hand running across the lawn in chase of a butterfly presently pursued by a young lady in a white muslin dress who overtaking him lifted him up in her arms and was returning with him to the window from which she had apparently issued when her eyes fell on the two strangers 
she stopped and looked at them without exhibiting any particular sign of alarm apparently wondering who they could be and what had brought them there the little boy however uttered a loud cry which produced a question from another person who was yet invisible as they were now discovered they did the best thing that under the circumstances they could do taking off their caps they advanced with low bows when they saw another young lady who had just come through the venetian window which opened on to the lawn under a broad veranda running along the side of the house pray do not be frightened young ladies said hickson bowing first to one and then to the other we had no intention of intruding on you so suddenly and i beg you ten thousand pardons as neither of the ladies replied tom thought they probably did not understand english and began repeating in french as far as his knowledge of the language enabled him what his lieutenant had said the young lady who had just appeared at the window and who was evidently the elder of the two smiled as she listened to tom's bad french you have not alarmed us i assure you she answered at length in very good english gentlemen i know would not act uncourteously i am surprised however at seeing you as our two nations are unhappily at war but may i inquire whence you have come and what it is you want hickson of course did not think it necessary to say that they had been up the river burning the russian granaries and vessels and he merely therefore explained that they had landed from some men-of-war's boats and having come away without provisions would be very much obliged if they could be informed where they could obtain food for themselves and their men this seems very strange said the young lady i thought that none of the enemy's boats could come up the river past the fort at its entrance of which our papa is the commandant we heard a great deal of firing yesterday evening and were very anxious to know what it was about but were assured by herr groben our brother's tutor that some english vessels which were attacking it had been beaten off and that no harm could have happened to the defenders indeed three of our war steamers went out from the river and we of course supposed assisted to put the english to flight you have i hope therefore come up with a flag of truce surely herr groben could not have been mistaken can you give us any tidings of our papa i am very glad to be able to assure you young lady that when i had the pleasure of seeing him he was perfectly well though somewhat vexed at the loss of his fort which we were under the painful necessity of capturing as also the man-of-war steamers which came out of the harbour to assist him answered hickson the young ladies spoke to each other for several minutes in russian so that hickson and tom could not understand what they said though we have no enmity against the english you bring news which is painful to us as we know that our papa will grieve for the misfortune which has happened to him said the elder of the young ladies we are however obliged to you for informing us of his safety and should be glad to do our best to supply your wants hickson and tom had been all this time standing with their caps in their hands in front of the window while the lieutenant was addressing the eldest of the two ladies tom was turning an admiring glance at the youngest who still held the little boy in her arms while he had thrown his round her neck and was every now and then taking an alarmed look at the strangers i am afraid that he is frightened at us said tom i must really 
apologize for our intrusion i can assure you that it was not intentional and we should have retired at once had we not stopped to listen to some delightful singing was it you or your sister we heard it was my sister but we both sing answered the young lady and we shall be very happy to sing to you by and by if you wish it of course tom thanked her very much and felt quite at home in a minute the elder sister then invited them to come in and sit down while she ordered some supper to be prepared for them and their men while she was absent and the younger lady was sitting with the little boy in her lap doing her best to entertain them the door opened and an old gentleman in a sky-blue suit with a periwig on his head entered the room making a profound bow as he did so the young lady introduced him as herr groben he probably had heard about the english officers from the elder sister for he looked in no way surprised and at once coming forward welcomed them with apparent sincerity he made no remark about the capture of the fort or vessels perhaps he thought it better to let the subject alone on hearing that the party at the boats were in want of provisions he at once volunteered to carry down a supply as soon as it could be got ready hickson who thought him a very agreeable person at once accepted his offer for he himself had been so much struck by the appearance of the elder of the young ladies and by her sweet singing that he was in no hurry to go away herr groben said he must apologize for the absence of the lady of the house madame paskevitch being unable to make her appearance as she was confined to her room by a slight indisposition but she sent her compliments expressing a hope that they would be satisfied with the treatment they might receive during the time they might think fit to remain higson not to be outdone in politeness begged to assure madame paskevitch that he was grateful for the kind reception he had met with and should be happy to be the bearer of any message or more weighty articles which she might wish to send to her husband on the return of mademoiselle paskevitch who had gone to order supper and to superintend the packing of some baskets of provisions herr groben made his bow and was shortly afterwards seen crossing the lawn followed by two long-shirted servants carrying a couple of hampers slung on a pole borne on their shoulders tom had asked the young lady her name which he told him was fiodorovna my eldest sisters she's added is ivanovna and have you any sisters she asked upon which tom told her all about his family and that he had several brothers one of whom commanded the ship to which he belonged and that another was in the guards all of which pieces of information considerably raised him in the young lady's estimation he wisely thought it better to say nothing about hickson except that he was the first lieutenant of his brother's ship while supper was being prepared ivanovna observing that the english officers were good enough to be pleased with her singing went to the piano and sang several songs with which higson expressed himself highly delighted every moment his admiration of the young lady evidently increased she was not it must be acknowledged possessed of what could be called classical beauty she was fair certainly with blue eyes but they were rather small while her figure was too short and round to be graceful and her nose differed considerably from that of the venus de medicis but then she had smiling lips and a good-natured expression altogether her younger sister fyodorovna who was scarcely fifteen was certainly very much prettier 
indeed tom was inclined to pronounce her perfectly beautiful and he was still more delighted with her when she sang though her voice was not equal to that of her sister supper being announced they went into the dining-room without waiting for the return of herr groben his two pupils boys younger than feodorovna however made their appearance they reported that they had gone down to the boats and had seen herr groben shaking hands with the officer in command having apparently found an old friend that is not surprising observed higson our master jos green finds old friends everywhere and i believe that if he were to go to the north pole he would fall in with an acquaintance higson and tom had been now nearly two hours at the house and it was high time that they should be off but neither of them felt any inclination to quit such agreeable society still higson was too good an officer to forget his duty and he at length told tom that it was time to go and they were on the point of wishing their fair hostesses good-bye higson promising with perfect sincerity that if able when the war was over he would come back and tom with equal honesty saying much the same thing when they saw herr groben hurrying across the lawn towards the drawing-room window and panting for breath i am sorry to say gentlemen that i bring you unsatisfactory intelligence exclaimed herr groben as i was sitting on the point enjoying my meerschaum with my old friend green i caught sight of a number of foot-soldiers and a troop of cossacks who had come over the hills farther down the river and who it was very evident from their gestures had caught sight of the boats hauled up on the bank and the english seamen around them i advised green to launch the boats and to come round to the landing-place near the house to receive you on board there is not a moment to be lost for they outnumber your people as five to one and can find plenty of shelter and were they to discover you on shore they would make you prisoners higson and tom smiled they are not likely to do that answered higson though we are very much obliged to you for your warning and most unwillingly we must wish our kind hostesses good-bye oh do go do go cried both the young ladies in a breath we should deeply regret if you were to be made prisoners and grieve still more were you compelled to fight the cossacks we must first thank you for your kindness which believe me we shall never forget said higson who supposing that the cossacks were still at a distance did not feel that there was any necessity to be in a hurry tom was thanking fyodorovna in still more sentimental language when the old tutor seized their arms come down come he exclaimed even now i am afraid that you are too late i hear the hoofs of the cossacks horses clattering along the road and they will catch sight of you before you can reach the landing-place as he spoke he went round to the front of the house and quickly came back again it is as i feared he exclaimed your retreat is cut off and if the boats come in to take you on board they will to a certainty be fired on i must go and warn them and leave you to the care of the ladies but if you can go so can we said higson preparing to accompany herr groben oh no no they will recognize you at once from your uniforms but they will not suspect my object besides you will have to show yourself said herr groben as you try to get on board but i can remain concealed while i warn your friends to keep off the shore higson and tom still persevered in their intention of making their way down to the landing-place and were on the point of hurrying off when the young ladies seized their hands and entreated them with tears in their eyes to remain you will both of you be shot for you will have to pass within a dozen yards of the spot the cossacks have reached and it would be so dreadful to have you killed 
do stay and we can easily conceal you till they have gone away for they dare not search this house indeed they will not suspect that english officers are within it as the young ladies spoke they led hickson and tom to a side window from whence they could see a troop of cossacks followed by a considerable number of foot soldiers passing along the road a short distance off beyond the garden there could thus be no doubt that their retreat was cut off you are perfectly safe here said ivanovna though as a protection we will shut the windows leading into the garden i have great hopes that herr groben will reach the boat in time to warn your friends so as to prevent bloodshed which is our great object there has been too much spilt already in a bad cause we could not sympathize with those who are guilty of the massacre of sinope and we believe that this cruel war was unnecessary it may seem strange to you that i should thus express myself she continued observing hickson's look of surprise but our mother is half an englishwoman and we have been taught to regard the english with affection i am very glad to hear it said hickson a strange feeling taking possession of his heart indeed he was much inclined to ask whether she could regard an englishman with affection but he wisely forbore to put the question he indeed just then had his thoughts occupied about the boats could you allow us to go to a window from whence we could watch what is going forward on the river he asked i am afraid that my friends may be tempted to remain in the hopes of receiving us on board till the cossacks are down upon them not if herr groben succeeds in carrying out his intention she answered but come with us to a room in the second story and from thence you will have a view of the river and be able to watch the progress of the boats it is our boudoir but under the circumstances we will venture to admit you hickson and tom assured the young ladies that they very much appreciated the confidence placed in them and forthwith accompanied them upstairs just as they entered the room which they had time to see was prettily ornamented with pictures on the walls an easel ladies embroidered frames and numerous other elegant articles the loud rattle of musketry reached their ears the young ladies uttered a cry of alarm pray do not be over anxious about the matter said hickson musket balls do not always reach the object they are aimed at and it does not follow that any harm is done as he and tom and the young ladies looked out of the window cautiously keeping concealed behind the curtains they saw a party of cossacks on the landing-place and some foot-soldiers under shelter of a wall the two boats a hundred yards off or more were pulling away out towards the middle of the river herr groben has had time to warn them said hickson and as far as i can judge by the way the men are rowing no one has been hit we are deeply indebted to him ladies and to you also and i have no doubt that when green supposes that the cossacks have retired he will come back and relieve you of our company oh do not say that observed ivanovna we shall be sorry to lose you and i am sure we shall have done what our papa would wish by treating you with hospitality higson and tom watched the progress of the boats with interest they somewhat expected that green would lie on his oars and wait till the cossacks had gone away perhaps he might have thought that they were already made prisoners and that there would be no use in doing this at all events he continued his course down the river till the boats were lost to sight in the distance the cossacks disappointed in their hope of surprising the english turned their horses heads round followed by the foot soldiers and marched back the way they had come without even visiting the house the young ladies seemed highly pleased we are perfectly safe now observed ivanovna but to prevent surprise we will send our young brothers to keep watch and bring us notice should any of the officers take it into their heads to pay us a visit they can be thoroughly trusted 
soon afterwards they heard herr groben's cheery voice in the passage all right he exclaimed i had time to warn green though i was nearly caught i must confess but the horseman did not get as fast over the rough ground as i did i fear however that green did not understand that you were in safe keeping and may possibly conceive that you have been made prisoners though he will know that you are not likely to be ill-treated i am sure that he must have thought that or he would not have pulled away said higson however we have no cause to complain my only fear is that we shall be trespassing on the hospitality of this kind family on that point i can answer with confidence that you are welcome said herr groben they are all as i am devoted admirers of the english have great cause to be so and especially have i reason to be grateful to my dear friend green you will be curious to know how i became acquainted with him it happened in this wise many years ago i was making a voyage when my ship caught fire and i with the officers and crew escaped in three of the boats the other boats were lost and after several of my companions had died of hunger we were picked up by a ship to which green belonged all the officers and crew treated us with kindness green especially took care of me and pressed on me the use of his purse when we arrived in england where i was also treated with great kindness such conduct can never be forgotten and i have ever endeavoured to imbue the hearts of my pupils with a love for england and for everything english we are very much obliged to you and green said higson since we have benefited so largely by your instructions as there was no longer any danger higson proposed going back into the drawing-room the young ladies however first showed him and tom their drawings and embroidery and numerous other samples of their handiwork which passed the time very agreeably when they went downstairs they found a huge samovar bubbling and hissing on the table and such tea was offered them as they had never before tasted higson indeed in compliment to his hostess begged to have his cup replenished again and again till he had drunk six or eight cups full though to be sure they were not of any unusual size herr groben undertook to take charge of higson and tom for the night and to give them due warning should there be any danger of their being discovered though he thought that this was not likely still he acknowledged that there were some persons who might prove treacherous should they hear of english officers being in the house and he begged them on no account to make their appearance out of doors without him a caution which they promised to observe End of section twenty six